Support for the Rinkside Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Have you ever nicked your nads when you're trying to clean up for uh, anniversary, you know, after a night out with your, your partner, man or lady? I know I have occasionally, because the tools out there they got, they are good for the job. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's, that's nasty. You know, who wants to do that? Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? It's a good question. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGHEADS. Oh my. Um, do you ever just lay awake at night and think about the Red Wings and just wonder how much further down is rock bottom? No, because I try not to think about them at night. That's probably wise. Yeah. Uh, you listen to the Rinkside podcast, um, part of the Big Heads media network i'm zach sitting with kevin hello um we got a lot to talk about today uh we're gonna get into mm-hmm. trade that happened last week um what's going on with blockbuster Zadina. trade yeah with Zadina and hirose <laughs> um of course there's big news we'll talk about after the break uh franz and kind of and how his interactions were with babcock that everyone's talking about so we've got to address um before we get into that make sure you follow us on twitter at Rinkside Pod. Subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast providers. We're on like all of them now. I spent a whole lot of time making sure. So even if you're in the most absurd yeah. podcast directory, I don't we, know why. We should be there. And if and if we're not, I guess let us know. Let us know. Tweet at us, yell at us. So whatever you, you want to do. I want to kick off the episode by mm-hmm. saying I feel like the next several days are going to be the best days of the season so far. As in, like... As in the Wings don't play for four days. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to there see it is. I was wondering where this was going. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, they don't play until Saturday. Um, it's it's Tuesday yeah, right it's, now. We'll, it's you guys will hear Tuesday, this Wednesday. Man. Hopefully. Hopefully. Listen to this on time. Don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to start with the trade? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, so Red Wings received goalie Eric Comrie from Arizona in uh, at, for Vili Sariarvi. Yes. Um 
And uh, it makes sense. I get it. Like it's a, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, it seems to be a calculated risk um, with really the worst case scenario being that, you know, we just wave Comrie and he, you know, ends up wherever he ends up and we open up a spot for someone else because uh, Sariari, he's been around for a while. I feel like he was kind of like a Ken Holland experiment that didn't really work, and there's just a huge log jam when it comes to defensive prospects. And he just kept, you know, we were, everyone was wondering, is this the season? Is this the season? And he just kept drifting down the depth And now chart. we're at the point where, like, this is not the season. Yeah. And if any season is, it should be this one. Yeah, and his season might not ever come here. Right. So... Might as well get something for him, or worst case, open up a roster spot, which is not terrible. No. Uh, Comrie has only played five games in the NHL. I think most of them were for Arizona because uh, Antti Ranta was hurt for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got two wins, three losses. His goals against average is not pretty. It's 4.21, but that's still kind of like right where the Red Wings are right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it's a percentage of point eight seven zero. I don't think it's horrible. I mean, I don't think you can judge any professional player on five games. No. So like that, his, one game could throw that off. Yeah, and his stats in in uh not the age the, the NHL. You know, I think AHL and he played in the WHL. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't. I think Stephen um, we didn't have enough anyways, time to learn his, about his, him. But his his previous stats, right from the the previous you know leagues he was in, um, his save percentage was like not atrocious. No, it was between like you know nine and like you know topping out like even you know like point nine two. Yeah, and that's not that's not terrible. Um, it's not great, right? But but you know I, it could be worse at that level. Yeah, um, he he actually came from Winnipeg before Arizona, and he was barely there. Yeah, um, but it didn't seem like Winnipeg. They and so Winnipeg was a, is a good team, mm-hmm. and they did not seem to want to get rid of him. But they had Hellebuck and uh, oh, who's his backup. Oh, you're gonna make me think. Yep, I'm gonna make you think because you know I can't. Um, and uh, Hellebuck and his backup, and they were you know two good goaltenders, better than better than Comrie. Um, so they they just you know, and if you're a good team, you can't carry three goaltenders because you need you need to carry other players. So they they got rid of them, and at the time Arizona needed them. It made sense, and yeah. uh, and now I guess. With Ranta and Niemi? Kemper. Kemper. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kemper and, Niem- and Ranta healthy. Arizona didn't need him either. Again, get something for him. Who knows? Maybe Sari Harvey. <laughs> so here's okay, where I am kind of like surprised-ish. When we signed him, I was like, all right. He's like been living in the AHL. He can come up when we need him. Um, I I thought that we're gonna keep Pickard up here because Howard's obviously hurt. We we I guess could talk about that. Um, 
Howard with a lower body injury. Surprise! Or I actually think it's upper body. It's upper body. Time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I figured it would just be Bernier and Pickard up here. But it's interesting because Howard's not supposed to be out long. I don't know what happened. It's not long term. It's it's I'm just a little bit. I'm wondering if Eiserman is giving up on Larson because they sent Larson down to the Toledo Walleye. That's brutal. You were trying out for the Red Wings, and then you're sent down to the Walleye. That's it's not good. No. Speaking of Walleye, mm-hmm. we now have a new guest in the studio that's probably hungry for some Walleye. Probably. Yeah, there, there, he there he is. My uh, oh. my cat, Wolverine, is uh, hanging out with us because Mama's asleep and Mom usually runs blocker when we record. So. <laughs> yeah, he demanded to be in here. He was yep. going to claw the door down, but that's fine. He's, yeah. a, he's a good kid. Eventually, we're hoping to, to live, live stream and video stream these. And, you uh, know, he might have some so. helpful insight. Who yeah. knows? Cats bring in the viewers. Well, man, maybe sure. we'll mic him up. Yeah. Cat might. You probably, you guys probably heard him plowing, trying to plow the door down. Yeah, probably. Uh, but but anyway, so we're talking about the walleye and how they they kept Nagel up in Grand Rapids and they sent Larson down to Toledo. Yeah, and I I wonder if like Iceman's kind of like not totally done with Larson, but wants to send him a message of like, by the way, kid, you need to figure it out. I'm not I'm not here to fool around. Right. Like, I have no problem shipping you out of here. Um, I could see that as, I think that's possible. And I know Nagel's really well liked in Toledo. I don't know if he's been around, how long he's been around, but I always see comments talking positively about him when I see Toledo yeah. Wall. I post like mm-hmm. on my Facebook or Twitter or something. So cool. Maybe he'll get the opportunity to have some cool backup uh, starts and good for him. Yeah. Um, joining the Grand Rapids team again. That's a good good way to lead into here is uh, Zadina and Hiroshi. And Hiroshi. Because, you know, Zadina comes up and actually, like, gets points playing, like, when he's actually, like, mistakenly out with the top line. Yeah, who knows? And then the solution is to, you know, keep him with the bottom line. He only had, like, 11 and a half minutes of gameplay in the last game. Well, I think... I don't know if he was on the ice after that he got that assist. He was later. Later? Yeah. It wasn't enough. I just, I don't understand why he's on. It was almost like he was benched he's for a while. Not on, yeah, I don't get it. I just, I there are just so many things this season, like, there was things that last season didn't make sense, but it just seems like every game there's some new coaching decision that we're just scratching our heads with. The lines don't make sense. Blaschel, like, had set lines for a little bit, but they were bad to begin with, so it didn't matter. Yeah, it was, like, what, Helm or Glenn Denning on the top line, and... Made no... It just made no sense. Athens CU is not looking to have a good year. (laughs) Um, No. It could help us, because if... When we have to re-sign him... I don't think we will. He could be cheap, but he just signed last year. Yeah, he's he only has a year. Mm. He's I, he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, after after this year, I'm almost positive. I don't know if he'll be. I don't know that we'll. He's not going to get what he wants from us. That's for sure. No, but I don't. I don't think he's going to get anywhere else unless he really starts improving. Yeah, I have a theory about Zadina. 
and Hiroshi was sent down too. Hiroshi, mm-hmm. like I kind of get it. He's been more productive on like the power play in than like Nielsen when they put Nielsen out on the power play. Who knows why? Um, Bizarre, right? And he he has I think more points. Like I guess to keep the puck than in Nielsen the zone. And but my my theory right now is I and I don't know Grand Rapids schedule, but we've got four whole days off. And I know it's really hard to practice in the NHL, especially like like when you think about Detroit. Like, even if they're here, I mean, are the Pistons there? Are their happenings already scheduled in their rink? And I, I mean, I'm sure they would get the priority when need be. But I'm guessing yeah, they the were sent down. Facility, but I I think practice is still not game game time. You know, it's right. still not oh, it's still sure. not playing time in a real game. I, I have a feeling Zadina at least will be back and he's just going back down to Grand Rapids right now to keep skating and, and not, I, not I get think, time off. I think that's why him and Hiroshi yep. were sent down. I don't think it's I don't see it as a sign of giving up. I see it as a sign of actually you know, they're invested in these guys. They want to see them. Right. And, well, and I think you mentioned, I think it was before we started recording, like that only leaves us like how many healthy skaters? 11. For, uh, uh, 11 healthy forwards. 11, 11 healthy forwards. Right. So, so one of them has to play unless... Unless someone else gets called up. Unless, yeah, unless someone else gets called Valeno up. I wouldn't mind seeing get called up, but... Or, yeah, unless Valeno gets called up or I guess Feknikov again. I don't know why. Um I guess, or Eisenman makes another trade. <laughs> I man, we have seen more trades this year than Ken Holland never traded during the season. He, nothing huge. I mean, no, not that these are huge bits. trades, but like Eisenman is making some. No, but it's like quote, it, it's like one almost, for one trades that are really paying off. Yeah, he's making like kind of bi-weekly transactions right like every other week he's made a transaction for like the past month mm-hmm. it's on average which is like compared to ken holland that's yeah, a it's been more than monthly so. because when ken holland did make a trade it was at the deadline it was like yep the morning of the deadline you know it was not in i mean i guess he would trade maybe a prospect for like another prospect <laughs> or a pick yeah, it was always it was some, great, some weird, weird stuff, if it even happened. And with Eisenman, it's been stuff that's happening frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do we want to relive the, the, the Capitals and the, and the New York game? Uh, well, the Capitals game, I was actually on a flight home from D.C. Oh, we went out there to uh, meet Ed- some of Melinda's... Enemy territory. Family, see, that's <laughs> what you would think. But we ran it. I was I was wearing Red Wings stuff the entire time because I'm, I don't know. I guess I hate myself. But it's just in our blood. We can't help it. I met four Wings fans. They're everywhere. And I met two Kane, Hurricanes fans. That fan well, we, we that stayed fan just out. We stayed just sure. out of DC. It We're make, about sense, thirty-five yeah. minutes from DC, and I only met one Caps fan the entire time I was down there. And they're it was pretty the day, focused in DC. It though. was the morning of that game. Oh yeah, um, but I just thought it was weird. I would, I would expect to see more. Like Red Wings fans are everywhere. Like we are. That's the one thing I don't understand, especially when like Detroit sports are so bad. It's like like 
it's not just Red Wings, but more than the other team, other Detroit teams. But like Detroit sports fans are everywhere. You even get some international ones too. Yeah, um, I've heard like I've heard that uh, when the Lions play in London, they're pretty popular. Really? Because they're yeah, they're like an they're seen as like an underdog and oh yeah, that's popular. Everyone there. wants to see an underdog so win, had, right? Which was too bad for them. I'm like, oh you. You poor souls. <laughs> so there's like, you know, since the NFL was like playing yeah. in London and they were kind of starting to pay attention to like picking teams and and they like the underdogs. I'm like, oh, but you don't understand. <laughs> you don't. You don't know what you, you guys are getting yourselves into. Um, I don't think those games are really worth getting into. Mm, I mean, no. the, the Washington game was okay. And then we just let Ovechkin open all the time. Even when we had empty nets. Like how... Come on, you know though I like almost want to. I want to. I kind of want to see him beat Gretzky's record. So it's like, yeah, let's help him out. We're at least going to remember that two of his goals as a part of his hat trick the other night were empty netters. We don't don't talk about just Detroit things, man. I mean, have you seen some of the goals that have been scored with a goalie in the net? Some of those this season have been empty netters too, even though the net wasn't technically empty. Um, speaking of getting scored on. Yep. Any guess what the Red Wings goal differential is right now? Oh, it's it's isn't it like it's negative fifty? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. Negative fifty-six. They're seven twenty and three on the season right now. We will probably not get to thirty points by Christmas. Oh my god. If things keep up the way they are. Mm. On that depressing note, we're going to head to a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about um, an interview that Chris Chelios had. Uh, you might have heard about it. Yeah, yeah, you might have heard. Uh, if you don't, you're going to listen and continue to be covered sad. a little bit. Yeah. Um, make sure that you guys come right back. Are you a purple and orange bleeding, Maryland flag boasting, Baltimore sports fan looking for a podcast that delivers an hour of content every week? Then you need to subscribe to Charm City Birdwatch, presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. You'll hear insight on the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps from Jake McDonald, Nolan McGraw, and myself, Ian Schultz. With takes coming from both fans and young names in the Baltimore sports media conglomerate, Charm City Birdwatch is the perfect place to catch up on Baltimore sports talk. Subscribe today. And we're back. We're back. I need to get a music library going and get some intro music back after breaks again. Yeah. I used to play that one tune after every single one yeah. uh, as we went into Around the League, but now we have that as our separate Friday episode. Look out for Friday. And now I just don't have music open for that, so. We'll get there. We'll do that. Baby steps. Baby, very tiny baby steps. So Chris Chelios had an interview the other day on the Spittin' Chicklets podcast. McCarty, Darren McCarty, right? Uh, no, that he is the Grind Time podcast. Grind this time. is uh, Spittin' Chicklets is the um, Barstool Sports. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's right. So I'm not always the biggest fan of Barstool Sports. Um, Very hit and miss. Yeah. Um, but I think what's going on here is important. So we're going to play that for everyone to hear just in case you miss it. It's uh, about a minute and a half long, a little bit less. And then we're going to discuss that and break it down for you after that. All right, let's Here is it. Chris Chelios on the Spittin' Chicklets podcast. 
I would imagine you probably saw some other nasty stuff. Like who, who's one of the guys that he just picked on the worst? And, and have you ever seen anyone, you know, get, get in a, a pretty tough place mentally because of it? Yeah, I think it, that that would be an easy one. Be Johan Franzen. Uh, what he did to him at the end, um, you know, he, I, he was hurt at the time. I think it was a playoffs. We lost at Nashville. We got upset with Nashville. And some of the things he said to him on the bench, I don't know what he said to him behind closed doors one on one, but he's blatantly, you know, verbally assaulted him during the game on the bench. And it got to the point where poor Johan, you know, no one really knowing that he was suffering with the concussion thing and, and the depression thing. Uh, he just broke down and had nervous breakdown, not only on the bench, but after the game in one of the rooms in Nashville. So that was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. What, what yeah. do the vets go in and say? Like, do they go fuck you, Babcock? Because I know, I mean, a guy like Lidstrom, I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, fairly non-controversial and, and doesn't want to ruffle feathers. Cause, and, and he's also got to worry about his job. But, you know, did the leadership group step up at that point? Not really. You know, no. You know, guys talked, obviously, amongst each other. But uh, when something did happen and there was some second guessing and it got to Kenny Holland, Kenny Holland came down to the room and had this speech and supported Mike Babcock. It was a great speech, but that, you know, to tell everybody in the room, you know, if you don't like it, you, you, you could be traded, come up and see me be traded. So that was kind of the way that ended. Wow. It's not good. I've listened to it like 10 times and it's still. Yeah. I've read it. I've listened good. to it. It's every time. It's just, it's just, it makes you, it makes you cringe as a Red Wings fan. I kind of like defended, like, I don't know if I defended Babcock, but when Mike Commodore came out and let all that stuff fly, well, you, you have now to be, I think he's less crazy. You have to be charitable at least at first when there's like unconfirmed people just you know, right teeing off on Twitter. I mean, you never know who knows, but it really just seems like there's everyone they ask. They're like, "So is he is that bad?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, worse." That's a, I mean, what I mean, we just so heard. far, I mean, the best that they've gotten was like what Mitch Marner was like. Oh, it was in the past, no, right? Like. The best you get is like eh, it's over. <laughs> what we just heard, though, I mean that's that's a lot, and I think that also kind of says like raises like a big question mark about leadership in the past too. Like, I don't know if they if people were afraid to come forward. I think that's probably most likely. Yeah, um, I think I think in any any f- any organization with anything like that happening, the fact that Ken people Holland are not came going in, though, to, even and, if there's. Like, even if there's not going to be retribution, right? Like, right. you know, Holland, he wasn't saying, he wasn't retribution. Like, if you say anything against us, we're going to get rid of him. He's like, hey, like, if you if don't, you like don't vibe with him, I'll get you out of here. I mean, it's not the best thing in the world, yeah. right? But it is, like, that is better than just being, like, you need to you need to shut Suck up. Suck it up, yeah. Suck it up. And get in line. That sucks. Get Yeah, fine. He's like, listen, I get it. He can be tough but we want to win and he can do that if you don't like it we'll get you out of here i understand so franzen actually responded he uh, did yeah swedish newspaper right i think so yeah he he, yeah yeah um a a rough translation basically he says as a coach he mike babcock is extremely accurate and prepared Uh, he's great at putting together a gaming system and getting everyone to buy into it that's his strong side um, but he also said he's also a terrible man and the worst person I have ever met. Ever met. A bully who cheated on people. It could be cleaners in the Detroit arena or anyone. He jumped on people just because. 
Um, boy. So it's yeah, it's either Babcock is is that nasty or Johan worst person he's ever met. Either he hasn't met a lot of bad people or Babcock's really And I, I would have never guessed too, like that he had like all these anxiety and depression issues either. And that like it's I, just horrible. I would have never guessed that they were from that. Because I know like with CTE. I'm sure I, I doubt it was I'm, from that, but like I think a bunch help, of this right? stuff triggered yeah. it. Oh, you yeah. know. Um it's still just it's just kind of now it just it just casts that era in just this it puts a little bit of a cloud over it, doesn't yep. it? Yep. Which is too bad. Cause you know, like that was when like we were in high school. Yeah. And they were, you know, like that team was loved that team. Oh yeah. They were they were gods. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And um but it also kind of things kind of make sense. And I, you know, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Again, like I don't know if I'd put a tinfoil hat on for this, but I love speculation because it's fun. Kevin's almost conspiracy corner, almost. Um, but you know, there was a period of time where eventually, you know, like I, I, I don't know if it was. Like, I wonder if that kind of made Steve Eisenman because he was part of the organization at, at that point. Or was he already in Tampa? I don't know. I would like to look at the timeline of this because if he left, like, when all this kind of started or Babcock came in and he was like, yeah, I'll go take that Tampa job. Or like, oh, right. I'm going to move on. I mean... He could have seen this and just got out. Maybe he knew him and he was like, I don't like that guy. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe that was like, hey, Ken, uh, I don't I don't know about this. And don't want to like, be a no, part we, of this. We want to win and he's a winner. And he's just like, all right. And then the, he's like... Listen, can you do this? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go get out of here. I think that's fair for Kevin's conspiracy corner. I don't think it's outrageous. No, but because um, I, I think, I do think Steve Eisenman's someone who, good, I mean, takes culture seriously. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really like about Steve Eisenman um, is he. I feel like he obviously he was the face of the Red Wings forever, but I feel like he also very much represents Detroit, even in how he's already been working. Is he's very blue collar and not afraid to get his hands dirty. No. But also will completely I mean granny, he hasn't come out and publicly said a whole bunch of anything yet, but you know like he will succeed and die with this team. Like when the team's doing well, he'll get the credit. When they're not doing well, he's gonna come out and say, like, I need to be better because that's who he is as a person. I kind of think that that's why he took the job is yeah. like he had known all this, and he had just seen where everything was going, and he kind of knew that Ken Holland... It's kind of his legacy, too. Right, yeah. And I think he maybe was like, you know what? I'm, it's really poetic. What, 50? Not sure how old he is now. I think he's 50 or close to it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's older. He might be like 55. You know, he might be like, look, I'm not going to be working here forever. Maybe my last gig, and it's going to take a while, is to get my franchise back to where they need to be back to what I built them up as because he is 54 years old 54. Yeah. So, right. I mean, this could take, I mean, really to get them to maybe where he likes, it could take 10 years. Mm-hmm. 64. You're going to be thinking about retiring, right? Oh, I would assume so. Or at least stepping aside, but you need, but you, you know, I, I could see that I would do it, which is coincidentally how old uh, Ken Holland is. 
Right. I just, I think, yeah, I think he wanted to come home to right the ship because he thought, I mean, and it makes, to me, it makes sense because look at what he's already done. Look at right. how many staff he's let go. Yeah. That were already here. It's been a very fair amount. And it's not like, like he's administrative scouting. He's people in. He's and been, well, he's been bringing his, but you can see like, this is truly, I think, the changing of the guard. Yeah. Like he is like, this is going to pretty, very soon be my organization. And I'm going to yep, kind of clean out the, not the Ken Holland era, but I mean, just, I think it got away from Ken. He's going to build his own era. Oh, it definitely did. I think, I think, I, th- I don't think, like, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad guy. Like, again, like Chris Chalo said, it wasn't a bad speech. It was a good, sp- like, that's a pretty good speech given the situation. Yep. You don't really make guys feel terrible. You give them an out. Yeah. I think there's a lot of GMs out there that probably have not done that. They, I, I could, you know, especially with what is kind of bubbling to the surface now, I bet there's more than a few just shut up, get in line, do your job. So between this episode and the next time we're talking Detroit yeah. next week, um, we basically have one game. We'll be recording during the, yeah. uh, during the game next Tuesday. Yeah. I don't remember who it is against next Tuesday, but... Um, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Anyways, we're, Tuesday. we're playing the Penguins on Saturday. And I figure we can preview that game. I have a sneaking suspicion this is where we end our giant double-digit losing streak. Just in time to play the Jets two games in a row. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> that we play the Jets Tuesday, and then I'm going to the game Thursday because um, yeah. I'm a sucker, and that's what I got my dad for a Christmas gift. Yeah. Um, you know. Spoiler alert, Dad, if you're listening to this. Uh, Guess I have to tell him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta give it to him ahead of time. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Penguins are very injured. They're like as injured as we are. There's like six people injured. There's like three or four that are on IR, and then like another two or and three. And their players that are, are valuable day to day. Right. Like, <laughs> like their injuries matter. I don't know. That's Hornquist, the sad part. Um, if this wing, if this Red Wings team is like healthy, I don't know that we're gonna be doing that much better. Oh, we're not. Think about the people who are hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, DeKaiser will help. Yep. Well, it's um, hard to make the defense worse. Right. Um, Abdulkader will We. I mean, we've, we've saying enough about him over the last year. Yeah, I'm done. Um, I don't know. It's... You know, I'm like, seems like a nice guy. Would love to talk hockey with him. I just, I don't know. He just, his numbers are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really, really bad. Like, if he was like, hey, guys, I'll sit down. I'll be like, hell yeah. But I'll be like, why don't you, like, maybe do something like this instead? Right? (laughs) You don't have to go back, man. Why don't you take your money and run? (laughs) I don't think this game about uh, against the Penguins is going to be, like, a huge upset. I can see it being, like, a two-to-one game. Yep. Overtime shootout. Yep. (laughs) And it's it's very possible, and if that's the win that we take, or that's been the really, we can end on like the biggest thing I've noticed this year is like between this season and last season is season is like the complete lack of like overtime and shootouts. Like we for are, us, for us, yeah. Like last season, I feel like we were there was always a shootout. Like we made it to overtime a lot, yeah, and usually lost, but we made it there. And now right. it's just we are losing by so much outright. All the time. It's bad. It hurts. So on that depressing note, we're going to leave you there. If you want to hear about things 
less depressing than the Red Wings. Stay tuned to our episode on Friday where we talk about all things hockey, uh, explore the rest of the NHL, and try not to be so sad all the time. Let not not sad, just less sad. Yeah, just less sad. Just less sad. Cool. Thanks. Make sure that you subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers and follow us on Twitter at RinksidePod. We are out of here. Thanks.